onto Encounter with God, onto our Bible study for today, which I am so, so, so excited about. It's called The Sabbath and Creation. And today, specifically, we're going to be looking at the Sabbath's links to creation, how that applies to our time today. And I think answering the question, like, why is it, you know, from a purpose of, you know, Bible interpretation and then... um Practice. Why is it that we keep the Sabbath in 2020? Um, you know, as Seventh Day Adventists, I know that there is, you know, in as uh, people are, are part of the Jewish faith, keep the Sabbath, and then there's, there are just a number couple of, of other Sabbath of other keeping well, yeah. Sabbath keeping Christians. Um, why is it that we have decided to keep the Sabbath? Well, when I was little, the reason why I kept the Sabbath is because my mum and dad kept the Sabbath, and <laughs> you know, they took me to they took me to church each each Saturday. Mm. Um, and, and since, the, since then, as I've grown up and become an adult, mm. I've learned for myself what the Sabbath yes. is and, and why I keep it. And I, mm. I have my own reasons now. Um, yes. they're, very, they're the same as mum and dad's, but back then it was cause, cause they did it. So even in that, you could identify like, at first it was an influential, um, presence oh, in your life that it was yeah. like yeah the sabbath because of my parents and then you had your own journey with it you know that's something that's so key to bible interpretation is just denoting i guess where you're coming from uh, when you come to a topic of the bible and what your experience is what your worldview is and say okay how how does my life reflect in this and then i guess trying to both separate those two things and putting them together you know the the doctrine itself that you, or the the idea that you're trying to study and your experience you're trying to reflect using your experience while simultaneously removing your experience. And we're going to be doing a little bit of that today, seeing what the Sabbath is all about. I have a little quote here from our um, 20 Million Movement lesson. It says, The last decade has witnessed enormous changes in the way society and governments define marriage. Oh, sorry. Wrong thing. Wrong day. Wrong, th- wrong day. Um, today, the seventh day... We'll get day- back to that. Okay. That's tomorrow, actually. So, stay tuned for that. Um, <laughs> today, the seventh day Sabbath is heavily under attack in secular society and in religious communities. This fact can be seen in a in the work schedules of, the, of global corporations. In the attempt to change... Uh, in, in the attempted change of the calendar in many European countries, designating Monday as the first day of the week and Sunday as the seventh, and by the recent papal encyclical on climate change that calls the seventh day Sabbath the Jewish Sabbath and encourages the world to observe the day of rest to alleviate global um, warming, his day of rest to alleviate global warming. Now, as we can see here, uh, as, it, as it said, you know, there are a number of ways where the Sabbath and this, specifically the this, this Sabbath kept on the seventh day um, is kind of under pressure. It is. Uh, you know, one thing I find interesting is that the idea of the Sabbath or a sabbatical, if you will, mm. is something that is well known around the world. Mm. You know, I, I, have, I went to a Catholic school. Yes. And um, the principal, he took a sabbatical. Mm. Um, it was the seventh year of him being mm. uh, being a teacher, and he took a couple months off just to you know recharge the batteries and do what he you know get mm. himself back in order. So for, for me, I find it amazing that the idea of the sabbatical or, or the Sabbath is well known, but the specifics of it—that's where people yeah they don't they don't truly understand what it is there's some contention coming up and now as people who keep the sabbath we need to then come to the sabbath and say okay if there's pressure from the outside as to you know that that is kind of 
that's being put on us to not keep the Sabbath, then why do we keep it? Mm. I think it's so important to explore and understand why is it that we keep the Sabbath? You know, the question is just like, why the Sabbath in general? From from every single aspect, why do we keep it? Why was it created? Why was it made? Um, and I guess what we need to do as uh, responsible Christians who believe things um, not just for no reason, but because, you know, who want to believe things because God has led us to believe them, we should explore that area. We should say, oh, you know, where can we, um, where can we see the Sabbath? Um, you know, wh- where can we see the Sabbath in the Bible and what does the Bible say about it? Now, um, interestingly, I recently wrote a paper about this for, what a coincidence. for, for uni. Um, and so when I saw that this was the topic we were going to talk about today, I was like super stoked because I've done a little bit of research into this. And um, as my, my paper gets into, um, I think an incredibly important place to start into why God made the Sabbath and why we should keep it is why God created in the first place, um, being that Sabbath is so closely related and linked to creation. And it's for two reasons. I've got a quote here from uh, Professor Catherine, Catherine Schifferdecker, um, and she she says that uh, when, when unpacking the first iteration of the Sabbath command, um, that the Exodus version of the Sabbath command grounds is ex- observance of the Sabbath on the creation story. So therefore, it's like, you know, the the grounds, you know, the reason we keep the Sabbath is because of creation. They're intrinsically linked. And so we should get into that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so... Um, Let's start here. I want to ask you a question, Liam. Yeah, mate. Why did God create? Why did in, in general? Oh, in, in general. general like, in, why did God create? I, I thought there was going to be more to that. No, why did no. God create? God created because he... There's, there's, there's lots of answers. It's, it's a quite a big question. Like it's very broad, very generalized. There's lots of facets. But give, give me an answer. God create, created because... He loves us, and he needed something to love. Mm. And he had his son, but he had more love to give. Mm. And so he created us yeah, so that he could love us. For sure. I want to ask you the question, yeah, did mate. he have to create? Absolutely not. No. No. He didn't. He did it because he loves us. That's such... That's a really... Empower, like, that's a really, really insightful point. God... Um, created because he's, he loves us and we understand um, biblically and from you know a definition perspective that love requires freedom of choice. So therefore, God didn't have to create, yet he created anyway. Can you read for me Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11? Because I feel as though, yeah, um, John the Beloved um, in the book of Revelation has, well, John the Beloved in general, he has some incredibly powerful, insightful things to say about creation. We think to, you know, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, um, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word created. Um, but read for that that for us, Revelation chapter 4. 4 or 14? 4. Four. Chapter 4 and verse 11. Oh, okay. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and they exist because you created mm. what you pleased. Now, can I just say, we've been talking a lot about repetition. Yes. And something that is repetition that has repeated again here is the word created. Yes. You created all things and they exist <laughs> because you created 
what you pleased. Yes, yes. That is really like the focus of this chapter. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, this this passage in particular is this idea of creation. Now, this is being said. Um, these words are coming from the mouth of the 24 elders in, in heaven. There's a whole Bible study there we don't need to get into, but they're praising God for this. And, and this can essentially um, be broken up into three parts, this verse. Uh, starting with the, the first part, it says, Thou art worthy to, in, in my Bible, it says, Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power. What is that describing? They, is- it, it means God created this for us, mm-hmm. and he made us eligible. He made us worthy to... to um, well, so the 24 elders are saying, like, God, you are worthy oh. of glory and honor and power. What, is, what are they essentially saying here? Oh, they're, they're worshiping God. Yes. They're- yes. Oh, you're bang on. They're worshiping God. Okay. And secondly, it gives reason as to why. It says, Absolutely. Because you created. But I love that final line. Can you read it for me again in your verse? For you created all things and they exist because you created what you please. Exactly. We see so clearly here um, the, the the language that John uses indicates that God was neither forced nor obligated to create. Um, and he did it because he wanted to. He did it because he wanted to. Um, especially, uh, you know, as in the understanding that we have that God is omnipotent. Um, he has the ability to do all things that can be done. So, therefore, he created because... He wanted to. Now, this is a part answer of why God created, because it's like, and this kind of um, gives us some insight into the Sabbath, because the Sabbath came from creation. It's like, oh, why did God create? Because he wanted to. Why did God create the Sabbath? Because he wanted to. But now we need to get even deeper, Liam. We're going deep, all right? Here we go. Why would God want to create? God would want to create because he as i said because he loves us yes because he has he has love to give and he's got nothing to mm. give it to so we create something to give that love mm. yes god loves us and i want to speak around this point of god's love and the love that motivated him to create we're going to be looking at that we're going to be starting in do you want to read verse oh we're going to be going to um oh man I'm missing this Bible verse. Hold on. I believe it's in Matthew. It's the verse where it's like, you therefore must be perfect um, as your heavenly father is perfect. Um, let me let me look this up. It's a good verse. It's a stellar verse. By the sounds of it, it's it's going to be a good one. <laughs> but we'll get, we'll get to it in a moment. Um, but yeah, no, the love that... I, every single time I learn about something new in the Bible, I'm always amazed and always baffled. And... Can, again today, the love God has for us, he, he created us just because he wanted to. Do you want to get up Matthew 5.48 for us? Matthew 5.48. Yep. It says, let me just get to the right page. Matthew 5.48 says, But you are, to, you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Mm, so it talks about here God's perfection. And now what Jesus is speaking to where he says you must be perfect, he's talking about Christian maturity and um, sanctification. And he talks about the perfection that comes through giving your life to God and whatnot. Um, but then he says, yeah, you must be perfect um, as your heavenly father's perfect. So we've already noted that God would create because he loves um, humanity. And in this, it's saying that God's perfect, so therefore God's love would also be perfect. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a, a side uh, side 
bar, not a sidebar. That's like what they do in courtrooms. Rather, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. Have you go heard ha- of the um, Ansel- Anselmian ontological view? I have not. Okay, so basically what this describes, there was a guy, his, he was a priest, his name, and a theologian, his name was St. El- Anselm, and he come up with basically a way to prove God's existence purely on reasoning. And now there are a number of rebuttals to this, but I just want to speak to the logic a little bit. Basically, he came to the conclusion that um, God is the most perfect and greatest being of which we could conceive. He's like, that's what the Bible describes God as, which is clear in this verse as it says that, that God is perfect. It's like God is the most, um, you know, the even if we didn't have the Bible, like he is the greatest thing of which we could conceive. Um, now, and the most perfect thing. Now, perfection inherently requires um, existence. So perfection from from a, For something to be perfect, it has to exist. It has to exist, right? Whoa. And then, so it's like if you say that God doesn't exist, um, therefore there is a being that exists who is more perfect than God that does exist. Exactly, God has to exist. Wow. Now there have been a number of people who have like rebutted this, and you know, in a few articles, you know, um, titled like you know the problem problem with pure reasoning, and I, I don't necessarily agree with the reasoning because I think that there's so much more evidence think, for God than pure reasoning. But check this out: just taking that first statement, God is the most perfect being that could exist. That that describe that that description we find in the Bible. Now. This would lead you to the conclusion, if God is perfect and God loves humanity and that love is perfect, so when he created them, he would, you know, it's it's all perfect, right? That means that God created and the world that God created and the way in which he created it would be from, it would be in the most perfect way in all aspects. Like God wouldn't make something that wasn't perfect in his view. He's like, yes, everything I'm doing here is perfect, especially from the perspective of morality the way that god created is from a per, you know from god's perfect reason and god's perfect morality he would create you know the perfect way he would create for the perfect reason and for the perfect you know because of he would create for the perfect reason because of his perfect morality right now this is super important because this brings sabbath into into the mix okay because Sabbath was something that was instituted at creation by a perfect God. Think about this. It was instituted, it was created, Sabbath was created at creation by a perfect God who creates perfectly. And he would have created Sabbath for the perfect reason. Okay, check this out. Therefore, what we get for this from this is ultimately that if God, if the Sabbath is created by the perfect God for the perfect reason in a perfect creation, well, then it would be the perfect reflection of God's love for humanity. Does that make sense? Man. Is that, are you tracking with me on uh, this? Cause, I am. Because I, when I, when I um, thought about this in my paper, I was like, that's a, that's a banging point right there. It's a big thought, but oh, it's good. Essentially, yeah. Um, I'm just going to re- yeah, I just want to state this perfectly. Go for but it. But it's essentially, yeah. Um, because God is perfect um, and his morality is perfect and his reasoning is perfect, he would create a world that is perfect. Um, and that world that is perfect that he created 
included the Sabbath. Therefore, the Sabbath is perfect and it also reflects God's perfection in a perfect way. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We are continuing on with Encounter with God. We are on a very interesting... Continuing with how amazing God is. (laughs) Just the more you read into it, the more you you learn, the more amazing he gets. Mm. And it's just my mind continues to be blown. <laughs> okay, nice. Well, we're going to continue on. Um, we, as we, as stated earlier, yes, the Sabbath is as it was created by <clears throat> a perfect God for a perfect moral reason. It is therefore um, perfect and a reflection of God's perfection. So, uh, therefore, we need to ask, like, how does it reveal? Like, it, it, we can we can say, you know, we've reasoned that yes, the Bible. Uh, the Bible, it's clear that the Sabbath was created for a perfect reason. But what what does that reflect about God? Like, why does it reflect God's perfection? Uh, I think that we need to jump into that. But do you have any thoughts about that? Why? Why is the Sabbath good? Like, why is the Sabbath perfect? I think God said it pretty well himself. What did he say? He said, you know, we've spent six days of the week. Yeah. Well, in modern times, it's five days. But yeah, we, we've spent the whole week... Working and and getting tired and really, unfortunately, the focus isn't God. Mm-hmm. And he has all he's asked is just one day mm. where everything's about him. Mm. Where it's not you know go go go. Where we just relax, we have a good time, we spend a little bit of time with others, we we just bond mm. with other people and with God. Mm. And yeah, it's just the perfect ideal of, of connecting with it's the perfect way to connect with god yep. it's, yeah that's epic all right let's let's jump in and reflect that i feel like that's su- that's such a good statement but i'm just gonna i'm not gonna uh, criticize you but no, i'm go like for it. but just from a from a perspective of like from you know 21st century you know looking onto the sabbath like oh what does it mean to me yeah that's that's epic but let's see what the Bible says. Um, mm. And in appealing to the law of first mentions, we're going to go to where the Sabbath was instituted in Genesis chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 3. Could you give us give that a read for us, Liam? I can indeed. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Okay. So it says, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so... He rested from all his work, and mm. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all of his creation. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Wait, this is this is this is a really interesting sentence. Um, a, a really interesting passage. There are a couple of key verbs that direct the flow of action that essentially happens. Um, the first one is that it starts. It says um, that everything was finished. That's that's like a that's um, well that's more of like a, a noun, um, but then it says in the next sentence on the seventh day God ended His work. I want to ask you about doesn't doesn't God end the work on the sixth day? He do, he, he does. I've just had a wild thought. Oh yeah, throw I've it just had me. a wild thought. So this this was the first time God said God had finished His work. Yes, and said it was finished. Yes, it's not. That's not the only time. Yeah, it's not. Oh, that's such a powerful point. I don't think we have a lot of time to get into that, but he also... I'm just, I'm just going to touch on it yeah, very quickly it, because it, I just... It. Okay, so when Jesus was up on that cross, yes, he'd finished his work. Yes. He said it was finished mm. and he rested. 
Wait, that actually is going to emphasize really well and a point that I'm about to make. All right. Okay. So, it says in the second sentence of this passage in, I think it's still in verse um, one. It says, on the seventh day, God, verse two, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. Didn't he finish his work on the sixth day? I thought he did too. Why does it say he finished he ended his it on the seventh physical day? work? He finished creating. Well, well, like, but yeah, he he finished on the sixth day though. So, so what does that mean? So why does it say he ended it on the seventh day? Now this is such a cool point. Um, so this is this passage has brought up a lot of contention amongst the theological community because they're like it's they're like oh yes. The work is finished and God rested. And then the very next sentence, it's like, and God ended his work on the seventh day. And they're like, how does this make sense? And there's two ways that theologians have gone about this. They've either retranslated the word seventh to six because they're like, oh, there must be a mistake in the manuscript. Or, when he was typing away on his computer, he accidentally pressed the, the seventh instead yeah, of six. Yeah, seventh instead of six. Or what they've done is that they, um, they emphasize ended in the previous sentence they're like oh no it was finished look this is just creative license or something you know it's it's not necessarily true but interestingly a bunch of rabbis and this was commented on by dr volker kessler who's a, a theologian from south africa a bunch of theologians commented on this um a, a bunch of sorry a bunch of um rabbis some ancient rabbis commented on this and they basically came to the conclusion that the the act of um, creation was concluded on the seventh day and was finished on the seventh day. And the reason it was finished on the seventh day uh, is because on the seventh day, God created rest. Wow. That's what was created on the seventh day. God created rest. Now, think about this. Think about this. God possesses total omnipotence. So, the ability to do anything, right? Um, He doesn't... And so it could be reasoned from that point, like if God has the ability to do anything at any time, why would he need to rest? I don't know. Okay. Yes. But I've got, I've got, I don't know. And that, I don't know. this question has like puzzled people for a long time. Like it's, and, and it's the talk of theologians. They're like, why would God need to rest after creation? Is it to appreciate his work? Check this out. Um, again, going back to, to Schifferdecker, um states, uh, the Sabbath, according to the biblical text, is built into the rhythm of creation itself. And so it touches all aspects of life, most particularly humanity's relationship with the rest of created order. So we, we get from this statement, essentially, that God created Sabbath. He created rest, not for his sake, but for the sake of creation itself, for the sake of humanity itself. Now, what does this reveal about God? What is it, why does this highlight God's perfection? Well, it ultimately shows us that God's nature of perfection is one that he is the perfect caregiver. Amen. He is the perfect caregiver. He is so intensely like preoccupied yeah. by our well-being that he created a day like just for us to rest. Like God doesn't need rest, but he creates it for us to, to rest in him. And this is the thing, right? As you said before, like Jesus gets on the cross and he says, it is finished. Similar to how God says it is finished. Did God need to create the Sabbath? No. Did God need to die for us? No. Like he does for us to Absolutely. receive salvation, but did he have to? Was anyone forcing him to? No. 
He did it purely for the purpose of love and care for his um, creation. Exactly. And that's where the Sabbath actually has like like redemptive um, qualities about it. When Jesus himself says, like, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Like, you are worshiping me when you keep the Sabbath because there is this, again, this link between the Sabbath and and um, there is a link between the Sabbath and the redemption you know, the redemption that God gives through Jesus. And that is because of this idea that God didn't have to do it, but he did it because he wanted to. He did it because he loved, um, he loved creation. He loved humanity. He loved the world that he's created and his perfection really shines through in the Sabbath because it's like God gives perfect and ultimate care to those who have been created by giving them the Sabbath, by giving them that one day a week in which they can rest and they can just reflect on God's love and what he's done for them. And so, yeah, just from that standpoint, Powerful. as we come to a close, I just implore all of you guys, get into the Sabbath. Absolutely. Like, it's amazing. 